Hello and welcome to the Wizards of Drivel podcast. 3-0 to Stoke, Alex Neal's first win, Curry, Pine, Job, done. It's episode number 281. It's a Thursday podcast from your favourite nonsensical Wizards. Joining me tonight, me being Chris, we have Dr. Matt, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, Chris. Very, very, very happy after after Tuesday's events. Mm. Oh, gosh, yes, definitely. Definitely. Have you noticed, last time I did one of these, Matt, I was very tired, so I'm trying to attack it with more energy. Uh, energy. More, more energy than you're going to see <laughs> on the BBC radio this current week, because that's an interesting <laughs> thing. Um, I tell you, someone who went to Hull, who went to Hull, is Mr. David Cowlishaw. How are you? I'm very well. I've just about recovered from having gone to Hull. Um, yes, it's it's far away from even places in the same county, is it? It's a silly place. <laughs> Let us not go to Hull. It is a silly place. But I w- I'm glad I went. Do you know what? You're, you're completely right, geographically. It just feels like, and I mean, because it is at the arse end of nowhere, it's literally by the sea. But it is just like, there's nothing near it that's any good. Mm. Well, yeah. there was there was something good near it on Tuesday night, but yeah, there was good <laughs> transition there, Mister Cowlishaw. Um, I we mentioned it there. Stoke City coming away the three nil, three nil, uh, winners, uh, from from Hull. The first win for Alex Neal. Um, and I don't want to go over the top, so I'll try and be reserved, but. I came away with such positive vibes of that performance. It just felt, not just because of the scoreline, it felt like a deserved three points, I I felt. It was... Yeah, yeah. Dave, you, you were there. You were there. Explain how it felt for you watching it in person. What was, like, like what was the atmosphere like amongst the away fans? Um... So I met a couple of people there who'd also sort of gone to the game solo, who who are new, and we both had a kind of quick pre-match chat of, why are we doing this? Why, why, this is stupid. Why why are we here? This is a, a stupid thing to do on a on a on a work night. Um, but having been starved of football over the weekend, I kind of decided quite late to uh, to go to Hull, and I guess. There was an atmosphere of, ah, we're probably going to lose. Now, that was most likely based on the Reading performance previously and a kind of general sort of midweek away game. We probably don't really do well in these. Now, Pete Smith then told us that, we no, we really don't do well in these. Which <laughs> our second win in 27 Tuesday night away league games. There's a, There's a few kind of caveats dangling on that stat but still it is quite something um so yeah definitely did not expect the level of performance which was in such contrast to the reading nor indeed the result because uh although i think hall had wobbled recently i think in general they'd started this season all right certainly better than a lot of people were thinking uh esther pinyan had been like really talked about and yeah it was certainly didn't seem like a sort of uh classic stoke kind of game to win but i don't know i don't really know what those are for us anymore i don't know what kind of games we do win these days um but the performance as i'm sure we'll get on to was to a man just excellent it was a really really 
kind of a, a, an away performance that you see like teams in the championship do and think, why can't we do that? And we did it, which is very, very disconcerting, but also very, very delightful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. I mean, we'll get on to, um, I suppose the the actual the actual play of it, uh, but uh, I assume Matt, you were watching it at home. Yeah, yeah, no, I was able to watch this one at home because it was on Sky. I didn't have to go to my residence in the British Virgin Isles to yeah. get it on the uh, on the stream. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, of course. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just fully sort of back up what Dave's saying. It looked, you know, we looked composed, assured, organised. Mm. Everyone was playing on a on a good level. I didn't notice our centre backs, which was really really nice. It was. Oh, that's gone in the box. Oh, it's headed away. It's fine. Mm. And it was a sort of game where we would have a tendency to lose it. Mm-hmm. I think you would say over the last five years, a team that's, you know, like Dave said, they got off to a good start the last four or five games. They've been really struggling and they've conceded the most goals in the league, I think. Um, 18, I think, before we played them and then up to up to and above 20 uh, after. So, yeah, very, very pleasing. And... Um, I'm sure we'll go into it in more detail later, but I, for the first sort of time this season, I sort of got certain players. I understood what certain players were bringing mm-hmm. and that was very nice yeah. to see. So yeah. that's yeah. was sort of my main takeaway. Abs- absolutely, absolutely agree with that. Um, and again, that can be down to the fact that they just had some very good performances, but it, it, it did come across to me as a game that it made sense a lot of how the team... Why, like what individual players players bring to it? It's it's interesting then because you said the, the difference between this performance and the Reading performance. Did Alex Neal just need some extra days to work with the team? What's what's changed here that could put in that performance, or is it just that usual? You never know what Stoke you're going to get. Is it a turning point? I guess is the question, or is this just one of those performances that? we we could have been capable of has alex neil worked magic i don't know <laughs> i i think it. the thing is that we we kind of can and can't read a lot into it because we we can read into the fact that uh this is such a marked turnaround from the reading game and whether that's the extra days i don't really think is it the extra days on the training ground because i think by saturday well by well, by midweek he'd have known what his plan would have been for the Luton game, so he'd have been working on that. And certainly, having learned that Luton was going to be postponed, he'd have been working on the, this plan sort of quite solidly in advance of that. So I'm I'm not I'm not particularly thinking. Well, you may maybe the Luton game being postponed helped us necessarily. Um, there is a sort of element of oh, this is kind of just what championship football's like that we turn in a Reading performance that's so abject and then a whole performance that's really really good. I think what it was though was a more um, I want to say kind of conservative away performance. Now I think Reading performance was just bad, so I, I don't want to sort of maybe over-egg it on the tactical side. But I think against Reading, we were very, very sloppy and maybe a bit too gung-ho for our own good. That that might not be borne out in the stats, but I think there was just... We were maybe so eager to try and like 
get that first win that we kind of kept making stupid mistakes and kept getting caught on the counter. Whereas against Hull, we were very much set up very solidly and then countered really well. Um, what was very noticeable was Delap and Gale were still really high up the pitch when we were defending. And that meant we could get the ball up the pitch very quickly to them and they could uh, either hold it up or charge forward themselves. Um, and yeah, as Matt mentioned, yeah, not really noticing the centre-halves. I'm going to you know, make this a proper Wizards podcast now uh, and use XG. Uh, that's how you tell the difference between Wizards and Dribble. <laughs> it's the use of XG. Hall in the first <laughs> half had an XG of 0.09. So they basically had one shot from outside the area. That was it. That's all we restricted them to in that first half. And we, yes, were very lucky in the manner of the first goal. Um, we were better than, than that first half. But as you'd expect, being 2-0 up away from home at half-time, Hull come at us a bit more. But despite their XG rising a bit, 0.85, and ours being 0.45, we ride the storm really, really well because we had a fantastic all-action-y midfield that was kind of forcing them to knock it over the wing-backs into the channels. And Josh Tymon and Jacob Brown were just on one. They were on one defensively so much. And uh, those two really, really made a difference. Um, so in a roundabout way of thinking, is this a turning point? It's too soon to say. It's going to give us confidence. It's going to give us sort of belief in our own ability to score goals. And uh, sort of players like Baker will come away like feeling like absolute top dogs. Um, but there is certainly... And a degree to which you say Hull were very bad and we kind of struck while the iron was hot. Mm. I certainly, if you look at the uh, the BBC's report on this, they have Hull lining up using a 3-4-1-2, which is not too similar to what we used, which was a 3-5-2. Um, it's interesting when you look at that because... I th- I think what you were saying there, despite a good defensive performance and the chasing of Tymon and Brown and and persistence of Delap and Gale, who probably I wish they had a go- they got a goal, still still lacking. Um, I think this was a game that we won in midfield. I think mm. the the trio of Thompson, Smallbone, and Baker um had a very very good game. Baker then um to single out an individual performance, two goals and an assist. It's. <laughs> I was reading on uh, Twitter and going back in time to remember when we signed him um, and our friends at Not The Top 20 podcast uh, being bemused that we'd signed a player like Lewis Baker because why? We don't... not be- Yeah, yeah. Be- yeah, I said his name correctly. You did. What? You did, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, just just emphasise it by saying it in a Richard Keyes kind of way. Lewis Baker. Baker. <laughs> um, and they were they were perplexed that we made the signing because we had a midfield with Joe Allen in it and and bloody blah. I, to be and fair to them, they, um, I can't remember if it was George Riley held his hand up on the most. Yeah. Recent oh God. Yeah. That's, at the top. Oh yes. No. 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 They 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 really have because he has. I mean, he is a player that just drives this team on. Absolutely yeah. the correct choice of captain this season. I feel. Yeah. Hundred um, percent. And. Just what he's <laughs> grabbing the game by the scruff of the neck. <laughs> he, well, yeah, that's a good point actually, because he, he's doing a midfield role that you don't see 
too much of, certainly not at the top level. Mm. You don't see that kind of Lewis Baker midfielder anymore. They're either very kind of set defensive players, set attacking players, or like, um, I don't know, someone like a kind of James ward Prousey kind of like mm. pivoty kind of player. Like we don't see like the all-action English charge around <laughs> do goals, do shots, kind of Gerard Lampard-esque midfielder all that often. So it's kind of a bit of a throwback is Lewis Baker because I can't really pin him down as to what the technical name for his mid- midfield role would be. I guess box to box, but I'm not even sure that's technically accurate because he's certainly more towards the attacking uh, end of the pitch than the defensive. So, mm. yeah, he's 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 fantastic. He's, he was just absolutely fantastic. Um, if you consider the fact we had 35% possession mm, and mm. created easily the best chances, had 10 shots, and um, he was just at the core of that. He was, um, I thought Smallbone, despite playing actually rather well and linking up with play well, was arguably the weakest of the three. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really a game for the attacking midfielders. Yeah. It was a game for the non-attacking midfielders or whatever the hell you'd call Baker to kind of break the play up and then like, kind of smash it forward almost like a sort of kick and rushy kind of game almost um but yeah he's just he's just absolutely tremendous yeah he he's actually on course for about tw- like his strike rate if you actually just um, you follow it to, through to a conclusion the season he'd be on course for about 20 goals <laughs> from midfield and i think the thing that's impressive and the only slight concern i have and well i've had it for about six eight months now, is that he just seemingly just scores really good goals from outside the box, which doesn't seem like it's sustainable, but then he keeps doing it. Yeah. <laughs> and there are always these really nice, you know, these nice moves sort of around the box. Like once he gets sort of the edge of the D, it's absolutely his territory because he just, he just has the technique to find, find the, the you know, the empty, the empty corner or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, just to take it back slightly to the, to is this a turning point or not? I think in the, in the Reading game and in the whole game, we've probably seen, the two extents of Alex Neal ball, it probably can't get much worse than Reddin. And I don't yeah. think he's expansive enough for it to get much better than Hull. Mm-hmm. And I think all the other games will fall somewhere along this spectrum. And I'm hopeful that they fall closer to the Hull end of the spectrum than the Reading end of the spectrum. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's consistency, isn't it? That's, that's, that's been our issue for ever half a decade. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so it's it's a tough one, but um, yeah. yeah, Baker. Without him, it's without Lewis Baker, it's very difficult to picture where this where this Stoke team at the moment picks up wins. Although there were good performances from the Lap and Gale in particular, and they had a lot to do with why we won because they were always an outlet in this mm-hmm. game. Yes, and if we go to certainly the stereotype we've talked about on this podcast of Alex Neal's. Uh, Preston team in particular being like that sort of uh, ugly side, you know, we could win five nil and it, it'd still be like an ugly win uh, kind mm-hmm. of kind of team, and you know, uh, getting the the ha- uh, shit houses, you know, Ben Pearson figures uh, through through the door was like, oh, is this uh, you know, is this squad like too full of nice wholesome boys to uh, to really play that sort of grimy ish thing that um, Alex Neil wants to do, sort of like getting a pop singer to like do heavy metal or something. Is it, is it, is it going to work? You know, um, but step forward, Liam Delap, the, um, that kid in year eight, who was already six foot, 
um, <laughs> and sort of bullies everyone. And delightful to have a cameo from Nick Powell where he'll get the ball <laughs> and say, right, you've got two choices, Bucko. You can either foul me or I'll play a really good pass. Oh, you got to foul me. Okay, down I go. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it was nice to see Nick Powell uh, come back. And in in other words, incidentally, um, I think it. I saw was it Pete Smith saying that Harry Souter is now yes. back yes. training. So oh, we've slipped back on sl- grass. Was the phrase back on yeah. grass? Yeah, <laughs> we're getting we're getting there. Although I do, um, I, I I haven't seen. Has anything been said about Timon? He got took off. Uh, because of a little knot, but he he said fine. he said it was fine. He said it was fine after I think um, good that it was largely precautionary, and they just took him off because yeah. the game was won. And, and I think he wanted, for... yeah, I think he wanted some extra time to say hi to all his friends in Hull. So uh... <laughs> yeah, no, understandable, understandable, really. Um, understandable. I'm, I'm I'm just going to discredit us by the way and use an FM role to describe Lewis Baker, and that would be roaming playmaker. <laughs> That's that's what he would be, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, Someone who tracks back defensively and is the heartbeat of the team. Very, that's very time. Sorry, very timely um, news that suits our news because I'm just looking at our bench. Uh, I don't think we must have paid much attention to it at the match, but it is very, rather weak looking mm, outside yeah. of Powell. Uh, Connor Taylor, fine, a sort of first teamish player. Then it's Fossil Henry, Wright Phillips, Fielding, Sparrow. And Matthew Baker. I don't know mm. if if this is a Lewis Baker clone uh, that Moritz Bauer's been working on or something. Then, then <laughs> excellent, excellent. I'm all I'm all for a Lewis Baker clone. But uh, yeah, um, yeah. Certainly, we need to suit our back. Uh, Tyrese Campbell, I think, was sort of picked up a knot before this game as well. So maybe with with like Campbell and Sutar on this bench, it instantly looks amazing. But yeah, um, yeah uh, so. It's 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 really rather nice, but I do have to give massive uh, props to Ben Wilmot for being a threat from like less than sorry, uh, yeah, being a threat from less than forty yards. Um, <laughs> he scored two in his last two games, um, yeah, and it's just really really good solid performances. Uh, Aidan Flint, I don't see he, he I, is it playing away <laughs> from home that makes him good like. Well, I don't know because he was really bad against Huddersfield. Yeah, on Redden. Is it? Is it? Maybe he's just a particular kind of defender where it's like high balls into the box. Yeah, fine. Um, anything else? Don't please yeah. don't. It's sort maybe. of it's sort of sort of Danny Bart Danny Bart syndrome. Yeah, where he would he would sort of verge from being like this colossus at the back to letting the ball bounce over his head and in on goal. It was really weird. But yeah, Flint strikes me as that sort of figure he, you know if he's good he's on it if he's bad he's horrific mm. um <laughs> yeah because he was bad against red and he was awful against Huddersfield so mm. I mean we've, we've waxed lyrically about the good stuff is there anywhere areas that you watched that you thought oh we still really need to work on that that is a bit of a weak spot was there anything noticeable that you would like to see change in the games coming up he didn't have a bad game and he was thrusted at the last moment, but I was still sort of very tense whenever they got a shot on Bursic, just just because that might be just me. He was he was very good in the game, to be fair yeah. to me. He, did, he came for a lot of crosses, but there was just a couple of shots where he is, doesn't have the confidence, I don't think, to catch them. He was parrying a bit. And there was a cross in sort of late on. It was 3-1, the game was over, but he was just very indecisive in coming for it and it ended up with that guy, he, he poked it wide. 
Um, but I don't think there's too much we can do about that now because obviously Ben Foster's retired today, so um, we can't we can't do anything. And our YouTube prospects are down the pan as well, so you know. Yeah, the only very minor criticism I would have is the fact that um, Delap and Gale, despite being sort of really great outlets, and I think both of them had fantastic games, like they didn't either of them get in a sort of really good clear cut goal scoring position. Um, and that's probably a symptom of, you know, where the goals have come from. They've come from the, the edge of the area or they've come from set pieces where, I don't know, maybe the def- maybe they're preoccupying the defenders so likes of Ben Wilmot can come in and score. I don't, I don't know how we've kind of lined them up from set pieces, but certainly like we know Gale's been in those positions. It's just that he's been offside. We haven't really had like... Like that small bone chance, you know. It, mm. Why? Why is that not Liam Delap there? Well, you know, it's. It, and I know it's because they're doing other things and like occupying centre halves and all the rest of it. But I just, I, I want them to get some chances soon into their yeah, feet, yeah. close to goal. <laughs> yeah. I felt I did feel a bit for Delap because he was he was basically being fouled all night. Yeah, and and the the referee was just letting it go like. Constantly, it was it wasn't fair because he was just being fouled. <laughs> I do wonder what Pep Guardiola is going to be thinking about that because it kind of there's a good good and a bad side to it. There's a good side in like oh he's getting you know sort of that physicality out of him. He's maybe sort of um, filing down a few kind of raw edges. We've we've remarked how he's like being a bit kind of fighty almost and like a bit reckless in a tackle. Um, and maybe he's sort of becoming a more polished player that way. I wonder if Guardiola would have liked him to be in more goal scoring, probably would like him to have been in more goal scoring situations, but like, does he really care that much? Because if you play for Man City, you are going to be in like all goal scoring situations all the time. So, mm. yeah. so Pep, right in. I- <laughs> yeah. Pep, come come down for a for a day and just tell us how you'd play. That'd be great. Um, we've got QPR up at the weekend, who are currently in eighth place. Uh, they have oh, they've done okay, haven't they? Recently, they've yeah, they're eighth, fine. I believe, at the they're time eighth. of recording. They they are they are eighth, and they've they beaten Millwall yesterday. They lost to Swansea at the on the third. But then they beat our mate Hull, beat Watford away. They're 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 doing all right. They're not doing too bad. Um, away day that there London in it. So well, we, we we broke we, the London curse at Loftus Road last season, we did. didn't we? we did. It was Adam Davis's masterclass. Yes. Yeah. Sad. Do we Mario Vrancic as well? Like, <laughs> yeah. we, why why do we change our squad every year? Like, just keep some players. Though. Are we are we not that we're saying it's a, it's not a write-off of a game, but are you keeping yourselves reserved and not going into it being like, yep, yeah, well, Hull was in, was great. We're going to do it again. Are we? Yeah, Honestly, yeah, definitely. They're, they're clearly a good team with the kind of uh, a bit more about them this season, perhaps, than... I, they always... I, I have this perception of them that they start well and people start to say, oh, could this be, you know, the year QPR uh, really challenged? Because they've, they've, well, they've had like Eze in the past, you know, and, um, but 
I feel like they're they're a good team, and despite last season, the kind of team we had, we probably end up losing to, definitely away from home as well. Mm. If we win this, I will be purring. I will be very very excited indeed. Um, I would probably, I would, yeah, I definitely take a point now, um, because we're still finding our feet and like working out how to play football effectively together. Um, but yeah, um, hoping for. You know, expecting probably to lose would be delighted with anything more than that, really. Yeah, I mean, they've got on their day, they've got like one of the best players in the division in, in Chris Willock, um, who's mm. who's really coming into his own. And they've got other dangerous players like Ilias uh, Chair as well as Ilias Chair. Yeah, player. Chair, exactly. Um, and I think, I think they sort of just, I, I agree with you, Dave. It's sort of, I always think QPR, I just think of inconsistency. I just never really think mm. of them being good enough across 46 games. To it may, they may be sort up, of si- but... similar to us. Yeah, that, but a they, better they, version. They, <laughs> yeah, they maybe sound better than they actually are, sort of result-wise. But yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just looking at their sort of player stats. Ilias Chair has three goals and five assists this season already. Um, he's he's no Lewis Baker, but he's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, Chris Willock's uh, got five goals already, which is the, um, yeah, more than all our keep- strikers combined. <laughs> their keeper scored for them, didn't he, a couple of weeks ago as well? Yeah, oh, yeah. So That's- let's let's keep hopefully Flink can deal with that. I'll just deck him or something in the ninety fifth minute. And, uh, on the their, way to their, their squad is definitely a lot more international than ours. Senegal, Morocco. <laughs> Zimbabwe, Ghana, Sierra Leone, Nigeria, Finland, um, Norway, and like Lewis Baker's exotic for us because he's from London. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, it's... um, I'm not like sitting here... It's funny, it's funny, because we could just do really, really well, but I am cautiously... Optim- I'm cautiously optimistic, I guess. Yeah, yeah, you're allowed to be cautiously yeah. optimistic when you've just whooped a team three now. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's it's, it's false it's dawn, Stoke. false dawn syndrome, isn't it? You don't want to yeah. be, you don't want to be too committal on this is the the turning point because and, uh, because we've had six thousand of yeah, those yeah, 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 over yeah. the last few years. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's interesting. Quick question: mm. Does this last game? Signal the end of formation discourse. I hope so. Oh, you can't play this formation, it's rubbish. You can't play this formation, it's rubbish. Oh, look at this formation, look how good that is. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think if Tom were here, he'd probably tell us how formations are just a, a concept, uh, written by formation card companies or something to sell more tactics. He did, boards. He, did but... he did say today City are made worse because of Harland. So I just want to. Oh, God. <laughs> oh God. This, this is why this is why the nerds will never win in football discourse. This is why you've got Talksport. This is why Keys and Grace still have a job because every time you try and have like an intelligent football person on talking about tactics, they'll say something like, "Oh, Harland's bad, actually," and then they will go, "No, shut up." It's, it's Jonathan Wilson's goals are overrated quote. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, oh dear me. Um, yeah, I, I, I like how I had to go. Um, are, are, non- just like are nonsense. Go, ah, I like what how is... I go at um, lowbrow football media. There, uh, it's like <laughs> completely ignored the uh, drivel podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I think 
I think the formation discourse has gone until we start losing again, and then oh yeah, um, yeah. and then it's back. And yeah. It's why why are you why are you doing five at yeah, the back? It's, it I think th- this was just sort of definitive proof that if you've got players organized and doing particular things on partic- in particular places on the pitch, it doesn't really matter as long as they know what they're doing. <laughs> And you don't yeah. even need to play him in position either. No, <laughs> no, I, I I love him so much. He's, he's oh just, god, uh, it's just his, so good. Bless his little Yorkshire heart so much. Just like, yeah, we know you're like actually probably our best striker in terms of like <laughs> actually scoring goals. Right back. Um, it's the John Walters he, effect. He did it. He really so is well. becoming John Walters. I think he. I think he already is. Like, if. I don't know. I d- I'm trying to think. It would it would probably take a promotion or something for like Jacob Brown to be considered like up to that level. But for me, he's like he's been that sort of Walters player consistently now for two seasons. So uh, I just I I want him to have a big shiny trophy that says <laughs> our special boy on it. And just, maybe just name a stand after him. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, it was it was one of those moments where I think it was right at the end or towards the end. The game the game was over, but he, he charged back to to block a cross, and I was just like, "Yes, come on!" Like oh, it just, yeah. yeah, it just, yeah, love him. Really, really good, good signing, and mm. I still think he's got so far to go. I think I think he can just keep going. Hopefully, he's yeah, good. He is. He is. I like him a lot. I really do. So yeah. QPR then at the weekend. Yeah, we will see. We'll see how that goes, and, and hopefully things will be things will be okay. Is it the? Oh no, we've got Burnley. Burnley after that, and then oh, when is it? I thought there was going to be an international break, but no, it's World Cup and nonsense, isn't it? So ah, uh, just whatever. Um, there, there is an international break after this, is there not? Yeah, we've got a couple yeah. of friendlies. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, I'm confused by the by the. Oh yeah, sorry. It's yeah. No, you are right. I'm getting confused over my dates and thinking <laughs> that October is now, um, and it isn't. Yeah, after this there is a break. Um, but then after that we do have. It's again. It's a tired Thursday. I'm so sorry. Mm. Um, <laughs> we have a tough run of Watford, yeah, Burnley, it is tough. Sheffield United, Preston. And then the mighty, mighty Millers. Um, that is, oh man, that is a tough, tough run yeah. that's coming up. Um, at least you could say international break. He can get a bit more work done with the players, get that fitness up because he was he was adamant that the fitness wasn't that good. Um, what do you think? What are you making of Alex Neil then so far? Are you, do I, you like the man? Yeah, I tell you what I like very, very much is. Um, the only thing that gave me a sort of small crumb of comfort after the shit show that was Reading was the way he spoke about the game uh, in that he didn't just put it all down to lack of passion or like, oh, the lads were crap, which I, I, I kind of wanted. There was a part of me that wanted him to just kind of throw the team under the bus and, you know, haul, haul him over the coals publicly. Mm-hmm. But he, he explained where it went wrong tactically and um, kind of, spoke with a kind of articulacy both into a sort of tactical sense and also a kind of 
proper football man sense. He kind of managed to sort of yeah. tread both pa- both paths really, really well. So he talks very sensibly about the game, and people will have liked his kind of no excuses for blame and injuries kind of thing that he said after the whole game, um, which is kind of reassuring and just nice to hear. Like obviously, it's three games in. He's had a great performance, a crap performance, and a meh performance. Like it's going to take time, and you know, bloody bloody blah, blah, but. Yeah, I I think he will prove to be an upgrade on Michael O'Neill, whether he proves to be enough of an upgrade to give us all the fairy tale things we want. I don't know. Uh, just <laughs> just quickly, um it's a sort of semi related point. Uh the uh, how shit must you be we're winning away is shit and crap and stop singing it. It's like I I I enjoy like a good like gallows humory away crowd sometimes <laughs> but like at least save it for when we are actually shit and losing <laughs> you know when we're when we're winning and actually playing well i don't want to hear how shit must you be or i think i'm I'm very bored of when stoke go down we all go down i think that's yeah, that, yeah. died a death for me that one um yeah just sing about the lovely lads we've got yeah yeah i think i, I think i think especially because our, our most recent win was, was away what three games before this and it was away yeah like it doesn't really make any sense um yeah uh, yeah yeah stop it it's not good <laughs> just stop it oh um, man i i just to go back to o'neill i o'neill bloody hell i've done it there we go I, I, oh, yeah. neil. Oh. neil alex neil, neil I, the baby i find him quite hard to warm to just because I don't think he's a particularly warm character. He, he came but from I, a I land without sun. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, but now he's in the sunlit uplands of East Yorkshire and Berkshire. You would you would think he'd be a bit happier, but I will not care about not warming to him in press conferences if we turn in more performances like Hull. Yeah, and yeah. I think he knows what he's he knows what he's talking about. I'm, I'm not going to. Pretend he doesn't. He, he clearly is very, very clued up, and I'm just hoping it translates into results. And I think this is what I've sort of found weird is that when he left Sunderland, a lot of Sunderland fans were very disappointed because they liked him as well as the success that he brought. And when he came in, I was a bit like, "Well, how can you really, can you really <laughs> like this guy that much?" Kind of thing. I don't, you know, like he's, you know, he's a football manager, but like, I don't know. But maybe, maybe I'm wrong. No, I, I, I kind of agree. There's a there's a coldness to the man, <laughs> a coldness chiselled by years of working the wall. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> With the laird. With the laird. <laughs> exactly. Um, have we got any other business we wish to discuss on this Thursday evening? We got some. We got some questions from. Oh, from... I mean, we we well. It's stuff we've oh, covered. the bloody listeners again, <laughs> ruining this podcast. I'm sick of it. We become we become an anti-content podcast. Just, you know, it's, oh, that's it's... so was that is exactly our vibe. Yeah, it was. Ah, oh, here we go. Right, okay. I mean, we haven't. There's not many. It's Pete. I've I've asked people what they thought on the the whole game. What stood out? What worked well? And what needs to be better? Uh, Matty James says, I quite like that we scored three and didn't concede any. <laughs> yeah. uh, Toph- Matty was not there, I checked. Yes. So, yeah, Tofanol says, is it wrong to want, want Lewis Baker to get a red card just so I can tweet, great British Lewis Baker off? 
Oh, Topher. <laughs> oh, it would... Uh, Think about uh, what you've done. And and draw it as a picture. Um, <laughs> uh, Stoker says, looked fitter, played three at the back instead of five. XG needs to be better. And he's put little angry faces on there as well. <laughs> uh, Rupert Goff uh, says, and we know how much Rupert loves Nathan Jones. How about a new game? The Nathan Jones moaning game. Players take turns trying to come up with what Nathan Jones will cry about in this week's interview. <laughs> Closest gets a point. Now, did you both see little Nathan having is yeah, it, was, it a disgrace? He was, he was very upset about a penalty or, or non-penalty. A non-penalty. Yeah, where, non-penalty. He, yeah, where I, I can't remember who they were playing, but a player did leave. true. <laughs> they dived like two hands out and blocked the ball. <laughs> and he's just on like, a scale. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a disgrace. If he had, if I tell, if he had gloves, it would be a, a, a bloody good save, but it's a disgrace. Like, yes, yes, Nathan. It's, I uh, could be sick. I feel sick. I could be physically... sick. <laughs> Um, was it on a scale of naught to Stephen Taylor? How bad was the handball? Because I've not seen it. Like you know, the Stephen Taylor one where he blocks it and then pretending he's winded. Oh, that's um, fantastic! Oh, there's yeah. no pretending he's winded. It is just, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just just, just there. Uh, ben Rowley says, "Shoot now!" Is that another fucking? Is that a threat? <laughs> is he? <laughs> oh, Ben. You attacking us? You don't know what you've got coming. Quick wizards, <laughs> cast your spells. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, are we now larping with the why 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 I think we are. I think we are, and that's um, that's the type of content that we wish to provide. <laughs> Lightning bolt. <laughs> that was a Pokemon attack. Um. The not-so-neutral Stokey says, the intensity was so much better. It was like watching two championship teams playing against each other, whereas in recent times, it felt like championship team versus Stoke. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, and it did seem very normal. It was quite a it was sort of... There was something quite <laughs> normal about it. It was like watching Sheffield United win away from home. Like, mm. yes, that was very normal and good. Yeah, it didn't <laughs> seem like Stoke in that regard, yes. Uh, and Tony... Has tweeted saying, "Josh Time and good." <laughs> so there you have it. Not so many questions, really. Just yeah. just statements, yeah. which is nice. I li- I like their involvement, Matt. I, I, I take back my comment that I just <laughs> didn't want to speak to anyone. I, I take it back. <laughs> it, it, thank you all of you for your comments. That's wonderful. <sighs> um. Yeah. Any other business, gentlemen? No. Um, Not from me. No. I think we're just going to move on seamlessly to them Londons and queue for hours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Queue PR. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, I think that wine, that's going to wrap us up for the evening. Um, thank you, Dr. Matt, for coming and joining us. Very happy to be here. Thanks for having me. And Dave, I'm glad you've recovered from Hull. I still haven't given you your hat back. <laughs> the, the Tesco's, the, the bridge, they're all too big. <laughs> just, just Dave wandering the streets of Hull, just stuck and panicking. Like, like a fucking... <laughs> miniature Lego man in like a 
in a huge <laughs> city. Like, what is what is this? Oh man. Um. Yes. Right. Thank you, everyone else, then, for listening. We will be back after the QPR game, which hopefully will be good. Fingers crossed. Oh, the kit was lovely. Kit. Yes, kit. Yeah, <laughs> kit. Yes, 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 yes. Very nice to see the white kit, definitely. We'll uh, like to see that again, please, one day. That would be great. Right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you at the weekend. Well, we won't, but you'll hear us, maybe, if you listen. Who knows? Anyway, go on, Stoke.